Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Fighting on Film, the war movie podcast. In this new weekly series, we'll be bringing you our review of Masters of the Air as each new episode drops. Hello, welcome back to our special series on Masters of the Air. We're on episode six. Oh, we're coming so close to the end now. I can uh, I can see the VE Day flags already. <laughs> um, but don't forget before we begin, uh, use the code FOFPODCAST at airfix.com at checkout to receive 10% off some model kits. Um, we hope you've all been enjoying using the link, getting some money off. Helps the podcast out as well, helps keep the mics on at Foff HQ. So Matt, episode six, we might as well get into it. Um, it starts in Westphalia or Westphalia, Germany, after Egan Lands having been shot down in last week's episode. Yeah, it's an episode of, of three elements, this, but we have three separate plots going on. We've got Rosie in the B and C. Yeah. An A, B, and C plot. Yeah. We've got Rosie in the uh the flag house. We've got uh Egan on the ground behind enemy lines on the run. And we've got Cross on tour in Oxford. Um, yeah, which is I'll talk, talk about, about this later, the, but that is the week apart for me. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So because it was, jumps about so much this one, we might it does, as well it do does. them in That's chunks. a good idea, I think. Yeah. Um. So, we, so let's start with Egan, shall we? Yeah, let's start with Egan. Okay, so he's behind enemy lines and um, on the run. In a way, reminiscent of when the guys from. Um, Alice from Dallas, Alice from Dallas got shut down, mm. shut, shut down. Um, and you think, oh, okay, how he, how is he going to get out of this one? And if you've obviously seen the next time from part five, you you know that he doesn't. So um, he pulls his M nineteen eleven um, at some does. German children, um, and you can see, you know, doesn't want to pull the trigger. You can tell. Um, really doesn't want to do anything to. Yeah, it was never going to happen, was it? I no, mean, it that's a classic trope you run into. I mean, we've seen that in um, at twenty one. Oh, it's quite cliche heavy this bit. And, yeah, and, very. and there's there's quite quite a few tropes. Mm. One which is a 
hell of a thing they're used in a great way though i like them i like the the tropes and the clichéness of of certain parts of masters of the air because they they're like little nice callbacks then sort of nostalgic things they're not they don't feel out of place yeah and in this case it's very legitimate that that would be the case you yeah you probably wouldn't just open fire on civilians would you no no exactly you would say shush and then try and run off yeah yeah so Um, the the germans shout americana at him it's all very commando book um then he's chased by two two farmers with shotguns i assume they're the mm. kids parents or you know dad and uncle um and then he gets captured and there's this great line and we're just talking about the cliches there um he says for you the war is over lovely i loved it it's proper commando valiant stuff um i really he's learned that in english especially yeah in case he needs to tell an end just in case it's a lovely little tense sequence though it's it's really um quite tense when he's in that stream amongst the Mm. reeds um you know trying to evade the the farmers one's on the bank one actually gets into the stream as well and moves along yeah, yeah. It's he very, tries to tries to get by them and kind of gets gets caught. Did you notice he cocks his pistol twice? Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, he when he gets into the water, it's cocked. Then another shot, it's not cocked, and then he ah. cocks it. So yeah, it looks cool though. Just a little, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah, it looks it's just cool. a little continuity thing, I suppose. Ah, right. Nice. No, we love we love little continuity mentions. Yeah. Then after that. Um, we cut to him at a uh, uh, being transported um, away. He's captured. He's on a train, isn't he, with some um, some guards and such. Yeah, and he asks one of the lads, can you run on that ankle? Guy says, I don't think so. So, you know, we're feeling that Egan wants to run. He's, you know, he doesn't yeah. wanna, you know he's a pragmatic man. He, he doesn't want doesn't to be taken into captivity. Um, and then uh, he's taken through a bombed out city. Now, we're not sure what this city is. Um, it could be anywhere, really. I, I don't think it's ever said where they are. Um, and it's and the characters say, um, uh, uh, the RAF uh, hit the city and they finally hit something for once. So, looks blame, like the Brits hit something for once. That's it. The, sh- yeah. the blame shift is on the Brits again. We, you know, sorry about that kind of thing. Um, and they get escorted through the the town. It's bombed out. All the German civilians are picking up the pieces of the bomb raid. You know, people are being pulled out of buildings. It's very reminiscent of what uh, what he, Egan saw in London, um, which I yeah, really liked. Yeah, but much more visceral. It, it actually kind of struck me uh, a little bit uh, like war game. You know, yes, where, very um, war gamey. With, with the, obviously, and, and obviously war game was influenced by Dresden and, and stuff yes. like that. But, you yes. know, it's the immediate aftermath of a bombing raid. It is the, the blood's up. The civilians are pulling their mm. dead and wounded out. There's screaming. There's crying. Yeah, and it is um, affecting. Tended I to. think to to see the, the the German side of the bombing. Although we not mm. don't often see it, um, not no, represented in film at least or TV. Um, and they're called terror flyers by the locals. Uh, I can't terror flieger, something like that. Uh, my German isn't what it used to be. Um, terror flieger. And then the, the the crowd sort of swells and they all get around them and you think, oh gosh, you know, it's going to be some... They're all they're carrying shovels and picks and... Yeah, they're all quite, you know, like a mob, mob mentality. And one of the pals gets attacked. Um, a young German shoots at them. He, I think he's like a, a young uh, Hitler Youth member or something. Um, quite young. Well, no, so what 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 happens is like they, they're attacked by the crowd. Someone breaks a bottle. Someone That's gets it. stabbed. Someone gets a, a knife out and stabs one of them. 
Um, so that they literally begin killing the the captured airmen um, in this you know rage of having their homes destroyed and their you know families. They're venting, killed. aren't they? They're venting their yeah, anger. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, they're avenging the the raid that they've endured. Um, and then it gets to a point where an officer almost starts to intervene, but then is an, a superior tells him, "Don't stop them. Let them yeah. let them carry on." Because the guards the... then get him sort of. A, yeah, a, almost between the two, but then they move yeah. away and, and let the crowd go. The other German and then, soldiers then say, the "Why officer... are you, why are you protecting them? You know, they're terraflieger. Why are you protecting them?" Then um, the German officer pulls a, a pistol and shoots yeah. one of them, and then we get another great trope: turns to Egan, aims at him, pulls the trigger, guns empty, click, 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 and then someone yeah. hits him over the back of the head with a shovel, knocked, knocked out. Yeah, yeah. And that that it's a really very... interesting scene. I like that it, scene a lot. I did a I did a quick bit of research to see if there was any you know examples of that happening that have been written about. Uh, I couldn't find any, but I'm mm. sure there's some basis to it. In I could, but there must be. There must be yeah. somewhere. I, I'm assuming it could have happened at least. It's probably it's, it'll, it'll be in it'll be in um, Miller's book. I'm sure. Of course. Um, yeah. I just I haven't read into it, but it's a very right. effective, very affecting uh, mm. little sequence. It really, really is. Um, and then we have uh, Egan's body is later dumped in the woods um, after he's... That in itself is another great little scene where mm. there's a guy that is completely dazed reciting the Lord's Prayer. And yes. he's thinking, shut up, shut yeah, up. We're going to blow it, blow it here. <laughs> yeah. And and they, they, you know, they the Germans, when they find a spot, they want to bury these half a dozen American airmen. He goes, oh, one's still alive, better finish him off. And they, you know, they... They finish him off, and then Egan yeah. rolls off the the cart when they go to dig the the grave. Yeah, and they see him running, and they go like, "He won't get far." Yeah, um, yeah, and he's got this massive a... welt on his eye. He's mm. really out of it, um, and you wonder is that is that it for Egan? You know, um, if you don't know the history, obviously it's quite you know scary. Um, and then he's found by I think there's some uh, German police. I think yeah. Um, and he's taken to a transit camp and interrogated um, by, I think, a Luftwaffe officer. And then they're talking about things like baseball. Are you, are you a fan of the World Series? Do you want to know what happened? And it, clearly the man's trying to lull him into a talking about his group. You know, they know who Egan is. They know he flies yeah. with the 100th. Um, and then he asks Egan about Buck. And obviously that affects Egan. You can see it. Um, and he thinks Egan's a spy, gives him this whole spiel of, well, I... I'm being nice to you. The, the, the SS won't be as understanding. Um, you know, that, that you won't get away as nicely with me. And Egan just gives him his rank and number and doesn't give anything up. Mm. Um, and then later he is processed to... Um, Stalaglyph 3. Stalaglyph 3, yeah. But before that, um, there's a scene where they're being moved to a train um, to go to the Stalag. And then as they're getting into the train, they see a train full of Jews um, headed to a death camp. Mm. Um, and that is quite shocking. Um, and it's, it, it's like the, it's hard to explain it. I, I like the, like is a, is the wrong word, but I, I appreciate the two trains intersecting. Mm. One's going one way, one's going another. And we know one camp is one way and the other camp is another way. And either one you don't want to think about, but it really affects, you can see it really affects Egan. It really affects the airmen that are being going to be processed to the Stalag. 
and one of them runs, he gets shot, shot, bundle them all in the train. Um, and that's quite affecting. Um, and then the next time we see Egan, right at the end of the episode, um, Egan is finally at Stalado 3 and they're being brought in and there's all the lads that come to the gate and they're all being like, oh, you know, 293rd, 300th and whatever. You know, they're calling out their bomb group names. Yeah, trying to find friends. Trying to find mates and friends and fellow crewmen. And then you see Crank and Merv and Egan's kind of out of it, really. I think it's this whole this whole thing has really got to him because um, it's the end really for him, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, mm. that's his, his war, war literally is over. Is over. Exactly. Um, and then you get this lovely shot um, when he realizes that it's Crank and Merv. And he's oh, Crank, Merv, brilliant. You know, where's Buck? You know, it's Buck here. And then you get some of the best lighting that anyone's <laughs> ever afforded in this series <laughs> where, a quite, I, mean, I think he must have lost a bit of weight for the scene because it looks like he has anyway, to me at least. Um, Buck finally says, John Egan, you're two o'clock. And he's lit up beautifully, skin's immaculate. Oh, he's, you know, such a movie star in this scene, um, old, old butler. Um, and they're reunited. And he said, what took you so long? Um, and then you get a really funny line that I like. It says, welcome to Stalaglyph 3, gentlemen, where you'll spend the best years of your wives. And I, yeah. I love that line again. That's that beautiful. featured Great extra. Line. Laid it on thick. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Egan's Egan's um, plot, Egan's arc this episode, very good. We see the other side of becoming a prisoner of war being mm. processed through to a stalag. Obviously, we've seen with the um, Alice from Dallas crew how the other way of going, you, you know, you can be rescued and spirited away through to spain and, and get back yeah. um, you can you can go that way so i really like seeing that so i think that brings us on to our second plot this week which i think we'll do do you want to do rosie or do you want to do do you want to do cross let's do rosie let's do rosie i think i can i think i'm working out matt wasn't a fan of the cross <laughs> the cross art millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Pilot the Bombardier, did you know you can join the Fighting on Film Patreon for as little as £2.50 per month, which includes a vote in the Patreon pick, exclusive podcast news, guest announcements, and a hell of a whole lot more. And let's get this baby home. I'm Captain Dale Dye, and you're listening to Fighting on Film. So Rosie is at a flak uh, house, and they're being um, sent for a bit of R&R. Rosie doesn't want to be there. 
Yeah, he feels like he's on a run. You you don't interrupt a pitcher or you know a, a batter when he's on a good run. Yes. Um, he, he kind of makes an allusion to the the, the mm. doctor at the camp, and he he was three for three. He'd done three missions and survived yeah. all three. And it, it's gonna. He feels like it's gonna be hard for him to start again. How can things possibly be worse for him? Because he's just come off the monster raid. Yeah. Yeah. In momentum. a way, in momentum. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and there's some great narration from Crosby because um, it does flow into Rosie's entrance into the episode um, where he has some great dialogue, some great narration. Again, where he goes, there are those of us who flew a mission, had to tip around their tip toe around their ghosts. Some of the men were coming undone. If you've got a chance to forget, you took it. And that's that's amalgamated. That's not the full line, but it's great. And you go to the flat house, you can have croquet, you can go hunting, you can read books, <laughs> you can have a... A jolly old time, you know, swim in the river, go boating, you know, to relax. in the ballroom. Exactly. Good. As the lady says to them, R&R here is the order of the day. Um, but it's clear Rosie does just not want to be there. He doesn't see yeah. the point of it. Um, he doesn't appreciate um, the, the opportunity being given to him, I think. Um, and you have a, a scene later on where Rosie's walking through the, the, uh, the grounds and he goes to go into a little garden and he sees, I think it's one of his crew or one of the crewmen. Um, I couldn't work it out whether it was one of his crew or not. But he's break, this boy is breaking down, absolutely in floods of tears, can't control himself. And Rosie looks at him, doesn't go over to console him. He just, he leaves. Yeah. Um, and then they have another scene later on. But Rosie's struggling in the fat house still. He, he can't sleep. He, does, he just he doesn't feel right being there. Um, and he, he talks about his bombing experience to one of the staff um, who's also a, a, a bomber crewman. And so he knows, he knows what he's going through. And the guy says to him, human beings weren't made to be this way. Um, and then Rosie gets quite defensive and he says, well, you see people being persecuted, segregated, you have to do something. And he says, this, this right here is exactly what you don't do. Croquet, you don't go on talking about it, crying about it. If you get, you get back in the seat and you finish the damn job. Mm. Um, so, you know, Rosie just, he doesn't understand why he's there. Yeah. And I like this whole thing. He doesn't, he doesn't, you don't have a chink in the armor with Rosie. Rosie's very, I'm here for a purpose and I want to see the, I want to see it through. Um, and I appreciate the characterization that we get for Rosie in this episode. But then when you think, okay, what's Rosie going to do now? Um, He's playing cards with his crew and some other men, and they get this. There's this beautiful scene. The dialogue is really lovely in the scene where the crew's talking about Rosie humming the chant by Artie Shaw in the um, episode previously, which I've been listening to nonstop since I heard it because it's <laughs> such a it's a banger for the forties. It's a it's an absolute classic. Um, and they're talking about him humming and how it was so weird to hear this humming coming through the radio, but. When they heard it, the guys say they didn't feel alone in yeah. the sky anymore because they had Rosie singing and Rosie humming along. And cuts back to Rosie, and you finally see Rosie realize that the flat house wasn't for him, it was for his crew. They needed it more than him. And then there's a story that starts to get told, and we cut back and we're at Thorpe Abbott's, and the men are recounting the stories told to them. And it's a lovely little scene really humanizes everybody yeah it shows you again the weight of everything that's going on 
and then it ends rosie's bit ends with he goes back to rosie's river the bomber um he's feeling it up you know ready to go up in the air again feeling the, the wing feeling the side and then he starts tap, tapping out the drum beat of the chant again and it builds and it builds and he shuts the hatch as he gets in and the hatch says jerry if you're close enough to read this start praying <laughs> And it's a great little arc again. It's really powerful, really strong. We, I think we could have had a whole episode at the Flat House. I think we could have explored a lot there. Um, yeah, the, the, there was a lot of uh, room to be explored. You know, some yes. of the more nuances of the rest of the of the crew mm. and the mm. Riveter that would have been nice to see some some more exposition around their backgrounds could have been slotted into yeah, that perhaps as felt, well. How the Munster Raid affected them. But I think we can mm. infer, well, you infer through it that some guys are there, they're having fun, they can put it to si- aside. Some guys there need to go there to let out all the emotion and and, and some don't, um, which is just, I guess, how it might have gone. Um, but there's a there's a, a show on World War II TV coming up about flat houses, I think. Well, there's already been one. So go and check out that um, on World War II yeah. TV. That's Paul Woodage's channel. Give him a little well, plug. He's got some great Masters there related yeah. stuff coming up. Hundreds um, of, of lectures and presentations on the Second World War. It's something for everybody. Really, really absolutely. great. Um, and then speaking uh, and of then, lectures, then we've got Crosby goes great, on tour to Oxford. Segue. What a segue! What a I know, right? What a segue! Yeah, Matt, um, you do you do cross this week because I think I think oh, well, I know what you think about it. So yeah, so so cross cross gets sent through a lecture like a, a all services lecture at Oxford University. Or is it Cambridge? No, it's Oxford. Oxford, yeah. And um, well, I don't essentially, want to, it's, the Cambridge people coming for us, Matt. Crikey! I know, right? Don't spell it wrong. Um, Greens, essentially, rules. essentially, it's kind of his version of the flat house. I think they realise that he kind of feels he a little rest. bit responsible. He needs, yeah. he needs a break. So they send him to this lecture uh, a couple of days in oxford <laughs> everyone um, in the group feels like they're having some sort of break whether they want whether it's forced upon them in a stalag or whether whether it's a flat house or it's it's oxford this week i don't know which know? i'd rather have at this point <laughs> um yeah so he, he he attends this and he meets lots of lovely british people and has lots of nice chats with them and gains an appreciation for the the country and the culture um, no, he doesn't actually. He has lots of interactions with arrogant British people. Yes, um, some horribly cliche forties snobbish fifties war film forties movie representative forties right? people representations is is what I got it as. So it starts out great, where he's taken to his room by a sergeant or is it a corporal or whatever. Um, and he says you're you're rooming with um, Subalton A.M. West House or whatever yeah. her name Westgate. Is. Westgate, thank you. Um, and Cross pronounces subaltern wrong, and the, yeah. the the corporal repeats it back to him twice subaltern. until he gets it right. Subaltern. Yeah. Um, and I like I I like that scene. It's funny. It's funny. I, I like the fact that they're including um subalterns, and it yes kind of gets them in gets the the ATS and stuff into the story and explains mm. the rank system and stuff, which is was purposely made different to the regular British Army's ranks system, um, which is interesting. And then we meet her later on and they hit it off and they're, you know, they, they have a bit of a, um, uh, you know, they, they kind of hit it off mm. over a drink. There's a lovely stuff. scene where, where he, he meets her and he's in his yeah. birthday suit, for want of a better word. Yeah, so he's, he's in the mirror, isn't he? Yeah, he's giving it the taxi driver his, kind his, of... 
You're talking his, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's taking his, his band out of his cap and he's quoting Spencer Tracy lines from Test Pilot, that's, which that's is it. the second Test Pilot mention of yeah. the series because I think we have one in episode one or two. So I, the like first the, two that I love the references to old cinema yeah. in this. I love it. I mean, last week we we forgot to mention it, but we had the guys literally watching an Abbott and Costello film. Um, again, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they they hit it off. He has that great little interaction where he's just in his skivvies and a, and a hat, and he and it's very embarrassing for him, and it's quite a funny little scene. Mm. Then there's an interaction, um, uh, sort of drinks after one of the lectures, um, where there's a there's a British officer who is arrogantly, you know, kind of resentful about uh, Yanks coming over here, stealing our women, etc. Overpaid, oversexed, over here. Yeah. Heard it a million um, times. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, that does kind of encapsulate some of the experience that British and American people felt yes. uh, during, during the, the period. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I just mention, feel... Go on. I must mention... Um, uh, Westgate, Sandra Westgate is played by um, Belle Powley. She's a British actress. Um, you might know her from a Royal Night Out, King of Staten Island. Um, I remember her from being on being on some uh, CBBC shows back in my youth. Um, she's a very great, very good character actress. She's also been in Benidorm, The Bill, uh, MI High is what I remember her for because ah. um, I was almost invited to a casting of that show when I was in secondary school. Um, someone else got it, but they didn't get the role, so I'm not bitter. Anyway, going back to Matt's, uh, Matt's next about the series, I just thought I'd mention who um, is playing. She's great Westgate. in the role. She's she fantastic. Is great in the role. Um, yeah. But, you know, kind of a spoiler, um, having watched the entire series, we don't get what we'd hope from her. I don't want to give any spoiler, but I'm just... She's, she's important to Crosby. Yes. But the but overall We'll thing, talk about that when it comes up. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I know what you're getting at. I think I think it's because we've obviously seen episodes ahead. Yes. There are there are things she's saying in this episode that make perfect sense once you know. But when she's saying them now, it's horrifically obvious. The best scene of of the two of them is when they're having um a drink next to the fire and mm he admits that he feels responsible for all of his friends' deaths because yes. he plotted the route. Uh, talks a bit about bubbles and she explains that it's not his fault, it's actually the fault of Hitler because he started this. Well, yeah. And it's she She cuts him off and she's like very forceful with it. Yeah. And it's that, that was a very good scene. I liked that. But for me, the entire Crosby arc in this episode, we could have left it out and had more in the flat house and more okay. in Germany. I see me. that. Because yeah. I don't really think, although it grows Crosby's character, which is great, and I, I love the character, we could have done that in another way. We could have had mm. him writing a letter to his wife. Um, we could have had it in another form of exposition. We could have had a truncated version of him meeting Westgate. It just, it just went on. It took up a little bit too much of the space of the episode for me. Yeah, I was. The episode that, wouldn't have been hurt. If it had been in. cut out completely, mm. they could like, have got like... the exposition across in mm. other ways elsewhere. 
Like I like the character, right? I like the acting uh, of Belle. I, I like what she does with what she's given because I think she's mm. very much like uh, uh, sort of uh, what, what film am I thinking of? Uh, matter of life and death, quite mm-hmm. sort of forties yeah. cliche woman, um, and that's absolutely fine. I don't think it detracts from her um, as a character. I just sort of felt like her lines were some of the most clunky this week. Mm. I, I, and, I, and thought, that's I thought a unf- number of the elements yeah. were a little clunky. Like they, they, they shoehorn them gate crashing a party. Yes, in, and that that felt very rushed, sort of thing. And there was a singer there singing singing that song. Tear the fascists down. Yeah, which which was nice, but that that that's that wasn't exactly the vibe of the party right up into that scene. I don't know why that bothered me. It just kind of did. <laughs> the song is love. The song is a great song. Like it's lovely. Yeah, it was. But... It was um, performed by um, Etna, who yes. is um, uh, an Irish singer, and she's on Twitter. You can find her at Etna Mac. She's very um, good. If, if you um, want to look, there's her quite up. a muse, quite a music heavy episode this week. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the biggest like montage lover. Yeah. Like I felt like it. it the one it part was... of that montage I did like was seeing the bomber crews and, and Raph. Yes. Um, I like, like that. Looking a bit forlorn. While they're, they're but they're still the... having to load bombers. They're still having to do their job. It doesn't stop. But I'm like, we could have seen maybe some of Thorpe's Abbott getting on. Yeah. Having it lost all these people. Like, and I know we see a little bit of it later on. But this week, I'm like, how's Chick? How's he coping? How's how's Jude Law's boy coping? I wanted to see the effects of all these things happening. How, how does Thorpe Abbott's work when everyone's away? What you know, maybe we could have had an episode of just the flight crews getting everything weirdly having to still prep the bombers, still yep. scrub the tarmac down. All these minutiae, bullshitty things that you still have to do, even though you've lost. 13 15 bombers on one raid and then the guys go up again and they don't come back and i i just maybe feel like we could have had a bit more of that this week um yeah but then saying that i i do still enjoy this episode but my main criticism of it really this week is there's a lot of people going through a lot of things concurrently and sometimes sacrifices have to be made in order to tell a story in order to get the get the narrative moving but I felt like this week you're you're tackling a lot of things, and I think maybe you you hung on a little things a little bit too long here. Maybe the edit could have been a bit quicker there. Like, and I I understand it must have been an editing nightmare the amount they must have have to to cram into these episodes. But I just think it, it's a slower paced episode um, of the series for me. Um, but it yet again I can't really give it too much criticism because. It's setting things up. So it's like, stick with it because things you learn this week are going to be important next week. And it it's a TV series. There are going to be bridging episodes. This to me feels like a bridging episode. It's a little bit of a breather from what we're used to. It's not combat heavy. You know, if you're expecting another 100 bomber raid, you're not getting it this week. But it just is lacking somewhere. And unlike you, I can't, so I didn't hate Crosby's bits um, mm. as, mu- as much as hate's a strong word, but dislike, I didn't dislike it as much as you, but I just felt, eh, I want to see something else. I want to see a little bit more something, but I can't quite pin it. But I still think it's a, 
high six to a seven again still because it did a lot of characterization. So I appreciate that. In general, I I appreciated the uh, the sequences with Egan, you know, uh, in the bombed out city and mm. on the train, obviously, and arriving at the camp uh, and being on the run. I I did feel we could have had a little bit more of the flat house. Felt like we we got a little bit too much of Crosby, and I guess that might be because they're leaning on the fact that they had his Crosby memoir later this week. No, not really. I just I like the character. Really I think the performance is good, and it did give his character a bit of growth. We'll see a bit more of that later on as well. Uh, in 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 the way he copes with stress and you know mm. and the way he behaves, but I I do think if they'd cut out a, a chunk of the Crosby element, we wouldn't have lost anything. In general, the episode is cohesive despite being three arcs. That's a yes. lot to be dealing with, but it does remain cohesive throughout. So it does work. Yeah. Um, although although it, it felt slow in places to me. Which is remarkable considering the the crowing so much in. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a really tight 50 minutes, but it felt, it, re-watching it now for a third time, mm. I'm like, okay, come on. We've seen, we've seen the important part of this bit. Let's get going. Yeah. But obviously I've got the luxury of having seen it a few times. Yeah, but it's maybe that's just me. But no, and still another another decent episode. You know, there hasn't been a a duff episode yet for me, really. Um, and I and I have got in my notes here somewhere that I I think it sagged a little bit, in at some point from episode five onwards. But maybe we've not hit it yet. Um, or maybe I've just completely changed my view on this episode after rewatching it a few times. But who it, knows? Maybe. Yeah. So to round us out, I've got a little bit of trivia for you, Rob. Um, According to the high street retailer John Lewis, searches for the B3 bomber jacket have increased 68% since last year. Well, would it be Um, this year's must-have fashion item? the The aviator flying jacket is flying off the shelves, apparently. What? Record, record searches for it. Um... Oh, of course. It's become, again, it's become that yeah. resurgent cultural icon. And it's a cool piece of alley kit, let's face it. It very much is. Like, I remember everyone scrambled around for jump jackets when mm-hmm. Bind Brothers came out. People were scrambling around for HBTs when the Pacific came out. So to learn that people are... Not a surprise. Bomb happy for flying jackets uh, is not a surprise for me. No, no, no. Um, somewhere, somebody's going to make a nice little bit of chunk of change off the repro market. And they do look great. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they wouldn't look good on me because I'm a short ass. But you know, if you're tall and ripped, I guess you'll get away with it. I mean, you know, who don't love a bomber jacket? They look cool. If anyone's bought one, let us know. And if you've bought anything from Airfix, where you get ten percent off if you use the the code Fourth Podcast, all one word, all caps, and yeah. all caps. Um, let us know as well. Um, yeah, please do. But again, yeah, that was episode six. We hope you're enjoying these mini reviews. Do stick around for the weekly wednesday uh full movie lineup which i think this week will probably be zone of interest that we went Indeed. to see a few weeks one ago not to be missed. one not to be missed again uh, if you can go and see it in the cinema please do ahead of our wednesday release if you listen to this way off in the future go and find it on streaming anyway so that was another uh, masters of the air review don't forget to drop a like a share a review and whatever you're listening on and we'll catch you again for more masters of the air reviews ta-ta everybody Bye, guys.